We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to week 14 of the NFC East Feast, where the division currently stands at an impressive 34-13-2, the best combined record in the NFL by far. Those two, of course, John being a, a tie between the <laughs> Giants and the Commanders, the most NFC East outcome ever, and of course the Cowboys and Eagles coming off dominant victories. How did that tie sit with you uh, this past Sunday? Oh, it's weird, right? And it's like I laughed to myself when it happened because I felt like at the end of last week when you and I were discussing the game, I said that I wouldn't feel so shitty if the Giants won because it's kind of going to keep it more interesting. Yeah. Um. So then for it to end in a tie is just like you said, the most NFC East thing. I I think we played well. I'm encouraged by it but yeah a tie i mean heineke said it best in his press conference it feels like a loss almost like you don't know how to react to it but right yeah i mean it's a tie what are you gonna do although it i understand taylor's feeling saying it feels like a loss because you um it's just it's just frustrating i think at the end of the day as we get closer to the playoffs although it feels like a loss it's much better than a loss because a team like uh maybe the seahawks who who might suffer an actual loss here in the next yeah. couple of weeks who you're com- competing with for that seventh wild card seed that tie could give you uh, you know the, the upper hands when it comes sure. yeah and i think so it's, it's funny it's too a, like you said would... just because uh it, it gives not just us but also the giants that little edge right so it nudges us closer to that that kind of final outcome we've all been kind of wanting to see thinking would be crazy to see which would be all of us making the playoffs Yes, and I said we're we're still in play for that. Although right now the Commanders are, are I mean I think are the eight seed, so they're on the outside looking in. They're going into a bye week, and they got the Giants at home next Sunday night. We'll talk about you know why that game is in the position it's in now. Um, but first, we got to break down uh, last week's game, which was very interesting from from uh, watching the game. It was like a a tale of almost three different games all in one. You guys come out dominant, get out to a 10 nothing early lead on the road. Terry McLaurin gets in the end zone. Scary Terry had a fantastic day, another 100-yard game and a touchdown for him, which is why you paid him the money you did uh, before the season, obviously. But then the Giants storm back. Saquon has a nice run, shows some flash, gets in the end zone. A guy I never even heard of, like Isaiah Hodgkins or Hodgins uh, for the Giants scores. They take a late lead. You guys are down by a touchdown. Under two minutes left to play. It looks like the Giants are going to get out with the win. 
And shout out to George. George called it last week. He said, I think this is a game where Jahan the Don Dotson makes a play. Boy, did he ever. Probably the biggest play of his young career. Gets in the end zone. Impressive yards after catch for him. It made a move on the defender. And you guys get the 20-20 to tie. Dude, has Luds reached out to Jahan Dotson's PR people to let him know I, that it's Jahan know. the Don? I mean, that's, should. you got to TM that, Luds. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, it was it. it the tie stinks, right? Because it doesn't feel great. You didn't get a win yeah. at the end of the day. But watching the game was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like it was a fun game. I felt like uh, it was a game that I was encouraged watching the offense. Um, you know, it was a very well – I think the Commanders played a very well-rounded game. Taylor Heineke threw the ball a little bit more than you would want, but I think that more so has to be uh, attributed to the fact that we were down and, and trying yeah. to win at the end of the game, right? But, I mean, Brian Robinson almost breaks 100 yards again. Um, him and Antonio Gibson both four yards per carry or over. It's good. And like you said, Terry McLaurin and the wide receivers looked good. Um, I think from the box score, um, even though it ended in a tie, I think from the box score, I would say that the commanders slightly outplayed the Giants. Not by a wide margin. Yeah. But it's encouraging. Um, and I think I think the Giants need to be happy with it because to, to stop uh, – to at the end of the game, to stop – us from winning the game basically mm-hmm. i mean like i said they they were obviously up so it was on us to win but for to to end with a tie has got to be happy for them because like we mentioned we play them two weeks from now we're going to get a bye and we're going to have to go right back to them and they're going to be desperate for wins i think at this point uh looking at the rest of their season whereas i think now we get a bye this week um and, and we i think it's kind of perfect timing for us honestly Oh, it sure is. Yeah, you guys get to break down that film, get to um, get to lick your wounds, heal up a little bit on a nice break. Um, and uh, a lot of impressive standouts for the commanders for me in this one. Uh, all three receivers got involved. It's the first time I've seen all yeah. year um, that Dotson, Samuel, and of course, uh, McLaurin all had over five catches. So, so it was good to see Taylor spreading the ball around to everybody. And over on the defensive side, we always talk about him, Cameron Curl, one of the best safeties in the league this year, had 11 tackles. Um, Deron Payne, Deron two, Payne, that's two was sacks. He was all over the place. John Allen had, had a sack. Deron Payne, I think, was the one that had that pass batted that turned into an interception. I think you are correct. Yeah, so huge game by Payne. Um, it's a it's a good sign, I think, that these guys are making plays for you in pivotal games this late in the season. And for the Giants, got a shout out. Um, the much maligned Daniel Jones, yeah. very high completion percentage in this one. Um, seventy-one yards with his feet. Seventy-one that's yards the, on the ground. That's, that's the impressive. Part, right? I mean, we held Saquon in check, but we let him leak out too much. I think. Uh, I think they didn't trust the the white quarterback to be uh, a mobile threat. Dude, Dan- <laughs> we, Daniel we, we Jones. We weren't had- counting on Daniel Jones's wheels. He's got wheels, man. The kid can move. People forget about it. He was. Uh, 25 for 31 efficient didn't turn the ball over um as far um as far as throwing interception right but he did fumble uh, yeah i don't know i now i'm thinking i might have mixed that up with the game previous but i know Duran. there was a big play that i can't remember what happened but i know Duran Payne did make a standout uh, daniel jones did lose a fumble in this game so he okay. did turn the, he didn't throw an interception but he lost a fumble so yes so we were we were on the right track there and for the Giants, Julian Love um, making big plays for them in the secondary. He led the team with 13 tackles. So, so it looks like these teams are so even to me. I think it's uh, yeah. apropos that they tie, and I'll, I'll talk about that here when we uh, 
get to our power rankings. But to me, both these teams, pretty good. I, I yeah. don't think I, that after this game, I look at it and, and think that either of them belongs in the basement of the NFC East. I think that they they are clearly the, the third and fourth best teams. But to me, I can't really tell you right now who's better. I think they both belong right where they are. And that's yeah. on the cusp of the playoffs. Yeah. A, a team who is uh, certainly not on the uh, cusp of the playoffs would be the number one seed in the NFC, the number one team in the NFL, at least record-wise. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. John, you were all over this one last week. I thought Tennessee matched up well with them. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought this would be a competitive game. And my goodness, did uh, <laughs> did the, the A.J. Brown revenge factor just seep into all parts of this game? Jeez, dude. A.J. Brown scores a long touchdown. It gets called back from a penalty. The very next play, Jalen Hurts goes right back to him for a 40-yard touchdown pass. Very impressive. A.J. Brown had two touchdowns. I thought the mic'd up after the game was hilarious where his former quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill gives him a hug. and He goes, damn, you didn't have to do all that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was good to see A.J. get some revenge. You know he had a lot of emotion going into that game, but it wasn't just him. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, the first pair of Eagles wide receivers to each have over 100 yards since, I believe, 2013. So they're doing things that haven't been done in a long Gosh. time in the city of brotherly love. And for all of uh, my Jalen Hurts skeptics out there, I'm talking to you, George Van Riper. Oh, cool. um, the, the Eagles run game was shut down by Tennessee. They, they ran the ball 24 times for 67 yards, less than three yards a carry. So mm. what do we do? We're going to shoulder. Can Jalen Hurts beat us with his arm? What does Jalen Hurts do? Because Jalen Hurts only had 12 yards rushing. So, guys, this isn't Jalen beating you with his legs. He goes 28 to 39, 380 yards passing, three touchdowns. That, my friends, is an MVP candidate. Put some respect on his name, John. But you you were on this one, man. Uh, the Eagles were dominant. Yeah, I don't know why. Like I told you pre-pod, I just kind of had a gut feeling that this game might end up like this. I didn't think it was going to be because Jalen Hurts did what he did, but it's just uh, we've kind of said it a couple of times, you and me, because we're not Eagles uh, Eagles haters like yeah. uh, George Van Riper, even though we all hate the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, um, is that you know Hurts and the Eagles are getting it done like every week, different ways, whatever they need to do to win, they pull them out right, yep. and it's like you think that yeah, the run game is is where they're going to make their hay. But then you have a game like this that just goes, man, they're going to do it however they need to. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. 380. And I mean, like you pointed out, A.J. Brown get technically scores three touchdowns, right? Because yeah. I mean, one of them got called back. But they were just firing on all cylinders, man. And the two of them, uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, um, man, just studs, dude. That just the more that the year goes on, uh, the more and more it just this team looks dominant to me. Uh, and the defense played really well, obviously. You hold the, t the Titans to uh, 10 points, but you, even more importantly, you hold Derrick Henry, their biggest weapon, to freaking yes. 30 yards. Wow. I mean, when's the last time that happened? Very, it's very seldom does, does Derrick Henry get bottled up like that. The Eagles defensive line, what a showing by them. Uh, six sacks in this game. Everyone was in on it. Josh Sweat had two of them. Javon Hargrave had one. Brandon Graham had one. Fletcher Cox had one. Hassan Reddick had one. The whole gang's here. And uh, rookie, uh, excuse me, rookie linebacker Nicobe Dean, uh, one of their picks out of Georgia, led the team in tackles in very limited snaps. He's still coming off the bench, so he's starting to flash. So, so these young guys, Jordan Davis is now back. Um, mm -hmm. 
Uh, people forget Dallas Goddard hasn't played in the past month. He's coming back. He's back at practice. So this Eagles team only continues to impress me more. And I think it's it's time to draw a line in the sand. Um, George isn't wrong. My Eagles haters out there, you're not wrong because they still have yet to really prove anything other than being an elite uh, regular season team. But for me, guys, this is the best team in the NFL. Uh, I, I don't see a weakness in them at all. When you shut down, they're usually dominant running game. If Jalen Hurts can have this kind of performance against a team who's been proven to uh, to be a playoff caliber football team yeah, these past absolutely. couple years. I, I just I just don't see as of right now, um, with Jimmy Garoppolo going down with the uh with the foot injury, and of course, you know, the Dallas Cowboys being suspect in the postseason since nineteen ninety six. I I and in primetime Kirk Cousins. I don't know of a team in the NFC right now who I could even say would go to Philadelphia and not be at least a touchdown underdog in the playoffs this is this is impressive yeah I mean there is still a piece like in the back of my mind that just kind of I don't want to say gets nervous about it but we talked a lot at the beginning of the season about how lucky um we all kind of uh we all all four teams got with the strength of schedule right um we we know we have weak strength of schedule I think Washington and Dallas had one of the weakest yeah I'm sure that that's molded right because you can't you can kind of make those those guesses, but year to year it's different, right? And you're making those guesses based on what teams how they performed last year. But mm-hmm. there is still a piece of me that just says, ah, are the Eagles just beating up on not so great NFC teams? And maybe once they get to the playoffs, or maybe they get to a Super Bowl and they get their ears boxed by a really good Chiefs team or sure. a Buffalo team. I don't know, but they it's hard to argue with what they're doing week in and week out. Yeah. They certainly passed the eye test. And what's crazy, guys, is this 11-1 and Philadelphia Eagles team, they currently hold a top five draft pick in next year's oh. draft because they have the Saints draft pick, and we the Saints right now that. would be the number four overall draft pick. So the rich only get richer um, as Howie Roseman and, and Coach Sirianni lick their chops as they head into a divisional matchup that we'll talk about in uh, just a few minutes. But I want to end our Week 13 preview with my Dallas Cowboys. How about them, Cowboys? A dominant Sunday night football victory, hanging 54 points on the Indianapolis Colts. And this, uh, if you guys stayed up late night to watch the game, I, I unfortunately, I, I fell asleep in the second half as this game was tight. And then I wake up to see that we have scored like three or four touchdowns <laughs> in, in the matter of half of a quarter. Uh, the Cowboys scored, let me see here, 33 points in the fourth quarter alone. Guys, that's only happened three times in the history of the NFL as a team scored at least 33 points in the fourth quarter. We go back to the 1925 Cardinals. Oh. Shout out to them. Oh, and wow. the 2007 Detroit Lions, which that had to be some Matthew <laughs> Stafford, uh, Calvin Johnson magic. Yeah, thing. Megatron for sure. For sure. Um, but this this is just impressive by Dallas. Uh, since my guy Dak Prescott came off of the injured list, they're averaging 37.2 points a game. That leads the NFL. No other team in the NFL is even averaging 30. So uh, really impressive here by, by my boys. And uh, I love to see Malik Hooker get the game ball. He was once a first-round draft pick by the Indianapolis Colts. After a few injury-plagued seasons, he was let go. He's found a home in Dallas. He gets an interception. He gets a scoop and score, and they give him the game ball, which is great. 
Uh, my rookie uh, fifth round pick, Deron Bland, gets two more interceptions. Oh, and because uh, I made a joke about him in the beginning of the year about being he's, bland. He's a little bland, but but the guy has a nose for the football, and he better continue to make plays, John, because. Although I like to criticize him, our starting cornerback, Anthony Brown, suffers a season-ending injury in this game. Our number three cornerback, Jordan Lewis, out for the year as well. So other than Trayvon Diggs, I'm going to be counting on the fifth-round rookie, Deron Bland, and everyone's favorite nickname on the East Feast, Kelvin Joseph, a.k.a. Bossman Fat, to make <laughs> plays for me. It makes me a little nervous, um, but but for this week, I'm high on my Cowboys. That's for sure. Yeah, dude, you got to be. I mean, they freaking put the dagger in, in the Colts, what looked to be like kind of a worrisome game at first, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is a dogfight with the Colts team, but we said, like, the fighting Jeff Saturdays, right? They're playing for something now. Yes. Even though they honestly didn't look good, and then you look back at the box score, and you can really tell that the Cowboys dominated the game. Matt Ryan didn't look too great through three interceptions. Like, yeah. you guys held Jonathan Taylor to a respectable number, I think. When we've yeah. been, you know, we, we mentioned uh, earlier pre-pod, like, we were worried about the Cowboys' run game. But to hold a good running back to 82 yards, 3.9 yards per carry, it's respectable. Um, but like you said, man, Dak, um, I feel like he, he heated – some of the critics, I feel like he's doing a better job now that he's been back of being more of a game manager, yep. letting Tony Pollard and Zeke do what they need to do. And CD lamb dude is just proving as much as he can uh, proving you wrong. Yeah, um, no, for sure. He is. Dude, he just, and he had, he had a, a Brian Robinson esque catch uh, that I just recently watched the highlight on before we jumped on where he tried to run somebody over at the, not like the three yard line yep. I mean, close to scoring there too. So yeah, your boys had a, had a really good game. I, I have, I was going to ask which you felt was a more impressive victory, uh, the Cowboys over the Colts or the Eagles over the Titans? I think yeah, I think Eagles over Titans because of the quality of opponent. I think right. the, the putting up fifty four points is very impressive. But if you would have told me, let's see, the the, the Cowboys are going to beat the Colts by thirty points, I'd be like, <laughs> we should we should get God damn it, we should beat the Colts by thirty points. You know, um, yeah. their 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 franchise right now is is a complete dumpster fire. But the Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel brings his team ready to play. They're they have all of their like they have their starting quarterback. They have Derrick Henry. They, I mean, the, the Titans were are they're a playoff team, and and for for what Philadelphia did to them, I think in retrospect is a little bit more impressive because really this game the, the Colts the wheels just fell off in the fourth quarter. This every, everyone knows the score should have been a little closer than it was. So yeah, for me it's Philadelphia. Yeah, I, and I agree with you, um, but I, I definitely still think don't don't take anything away from the Cowboys just because you score thirty points at the end of the game, right? Sure. That's what, like you said, that's what you should do. And good teams got to put um, got to put bad teams away, even yep. if it takes you four quarters to do it. You know, you guys ended up playing a, a fairly well rounded game. Defense getting turnovers and offense, you know, scoring points when they needed to, putting drives together. Yeah. Um, What else you got for uh, for your Cowboys, bro? Okay, I want to shout out the running game. Um, you already you, you already took um took took the uh, CD Lamb right out of my mouth. I was gonna I was a comment on him. His touchdown in the first quarter was a thing of beauty. Glad he's proven me wrong. We ran the ball for two hundred and twenty yards and four total touchdowns. There was a moment where they're mic'd up on the sideline. Um, where after Tony Pollard got his second touchdown, then Zeke goes in for his touchdown. Zeke just walked up to him. 
with a smile on his face and he goes, they're not ready because me and you, one of us at all times ain't tired and they're always tired. And like, <laughs> it, like it's, it's so simply put by Ezekiel Elliott, but I love how it seems like those two, Tony and Zeke are embracing the one, two combination. They're, they're working together. Well, Kellen Moore has done a good job at fitting them both into the offense. Um, I think, let me see. Uh, Tony Pollard, 12 carries, Zeke, 17. Tony Pollard had almost eight yards of pop. Zeke's still at an impressive four and a half. So when you can use them as the hammer and the nail, it's going to be really hard. My offensive line's continuing to play well. As I said, um, uh, not Tyler. Uh, what am I trying to say? My my all-pro left tackle, Tyron Smith. Yeah. Is going to be back. Excuse, sorry, Tyron. Is going to be back here. He's already back at practice. So the offensive line is only getting better. The run game, everyone looks healthy. And the defense, um, I'm worried about the secondary, but the front seven looks great. Uh, Anthony Barr came off an injury, had a sack in this game. Of course, Micah Parsons is always there. Um, Fowler, Lawrence, the usual suspects. And our rookie, Sam Williams, out of Ole Miss, continues to get better as the year goes on. He's going to be a guy, I think, as we get into these late December games and get into postseason football in 2023, who is really going to start to make game-changing plays for the Dallas Cowboys. So nothing but good things for me on the boys. Uh, we've got a little tougher stretch after the next two. We got an easy AFC South. We play Texans, Jags back-to-back. Then we end the year with some tough games. We got the Titans on the road on Thursday night. We've got the Eagles, of course, the big Christmas Eve rematch. And we play the Commanders, who I think that game, the Cowboys are going to have the playoffs, a playoff spot already sewn up. The Commanders are going to be playing for their playoff life. So that's, that's, that, these are all dangerous opponents at the end of the year. So we're, we're going to see uh, what this Dallas Cowboys team uh, is made of. That's yeah, it. Man, for, it's going to be a fun wrap up to the end of the year for sure. Oh, this is great. The, these last five or six weeks are going to be tremendous, not only on the podcast, but for the entire NFL. Yeah. For the power rankings, as we get into week 14, um, John, could you go over before I go over the power rankings, something you shared with me about NFL.com's power rankings where they have these teams? Yeah, literally today I'm looking at it and uh, kind of surprised me because I almost thought it was coming from uh, from our Instagram handle because <laughs> yeah. I read the caption first and it said two NFC East teams leading the number one and number two spots. Uh, spoiler alert, that's the Eagles wow. and the Cowboys. That's the whole Overall league. NFL power rankings, whole league. They've got the Eagles one, the Cowboys two, and then even more surprising to me, um, they had the the Giants at fourteen and the Commanders at thirteen. So we wow. are all four of our teams are are technically top half of the league. Yeah, in, well, in the four, NFL's eyes, fourteen teams in the NFL make the playoffs, seven from each conference. So I think NFL.com is telling us that they really do believe that these NFC East beasts, as we like to call them, yeah. are all playoff caliber teams. And obviously the cream of the crop of the Cowboys and Eagles. I can't believe that they have the Cowboys ranked over uh, the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills. But yeah. it certainly instills confidence in me as I uh, am going to mimic NFL.com and say for this division, the Eagles are still the clear number one. The Cowboys um, an, an ascending number two. And I'm looking forward to that rematch, as I said, on Christmas Eve. And I think it's it's appropriate that I put the Commanders and the Giants uh, tied for third because when once you tie in real life, you tie in my power rankings. Um, this <laughs> this week, um, they're gonna unless unless the Eagles really clobber the Giants, I might move Washington up, but they're probably gonna remain in a tie until they rematch here um, next Sunday. 
So it's a it's it's a tie for me, and Eagles still number one. John, how about you? Yeah, I think um, I think I would disagree. I think uh, I was I I like I said at the uh, power rankings last week. Um, I thought that we would have a definitive picture. Obviously, we end in a tie, but yeah. I do think that the Commanders did enough in my eyes in the game. Um, when you take into account not just the game, though, right? Like I think we did yeah. enough with the tie to show me that I do think we should be slightly above the Giants. Uh-huh. Um, but I think I think when you just look at the rosters. Um, I think the commanders just have more talent. So um, I think uh, the leverage that we have going into our next matchup benefits us. So for those reasons, I'm still going to keep the commanders at three and put the giants now down at four. I didn't, I think four weeks ago, I wouldn't have told you that. I think that's fair Um, right now, obviously because uh, the commanders are going to go into a bye week The giants are seven four and one. Washington is seven five and one, and I do believe these teams will be in a tie though, because as we get into uh, week fourteen, the Eagles are playing the Giants, and uh, my Giants fans, I think you guys are a respectable team, but I do not think that you are going to beat the Eagles by any means. I think the the, the Giants end up mirroring the Commanders at a seven five and one record. Uh, this game is going to be. One o'clock Eastern, I believe, on Fox. Mm-hmm. It's in New York. Uh, the Eagles are obviously a road favorite, as they should be. Seven-point favorite, though. So I think Vegas is putting a little bit of respect on the Giants. Um, only seven points. This is this is a divisional game. Uh, for me, the Giants have to keep Saquon Barkley a part of the game plan. It seemed like, although the, the game was always close with the Commanders, they never really got him going. Yeah. You can't depend on Daniel Jones to go 25 for 31 again this week. You certainly can't depend on him to run the ball for 72 yards, which is the only reason that the Giants even got to 20 points. I think Saquon does lead the team in rushing this week. <laughs> um, but I think Dan- I think Daniel Jones, I think he's ready to maybe show up on a game where people are going to expect him to fold. Mm. I, th- I-, I like the Giants as a sneaky competitive game this week the the defensive backs of the philadelphia eagles though i think that is where they really have an advantage in this game the receivers of the giants other than darius slayton who although i like darius slayton whether it's going to be bradbury or darius slay which is kind of funny we got darius slay versus darius slayton i think they could they can take him out of the game and Daniel Bellinger, as I said, Isaiah Hodgkins are, are going to have to make plays. I just don't think they make enough of them. I think maybe the Giants defense can keep the Philly run game in check, much like the Tennessee defense did last week, to keep this game competitive. And because the game's in New York, the Eagles are a road team. I, I got the Giants to cover here. I really do. Wow. But the, for all the the reasons I mentioned before, um, how, how much I love Jalen Hurts being able to put the game um, away with his arm, not and not just have to depend on the dual threat part of of uh, what he usually does so well. I think the Eagles go on the road, get a tough win. I'm going to go Philly twenty six, Giants twenty. Okay, respectable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to count out uh, any team any given Sunday, right? But then when you add the fact that it is a divisional game 
these, there is a rivalry aspect with all of our teams um, oh, and, and they always play up for these divisional games. Um, but I would think, I would say when I think about the game, Philly has shown, I think one thing all year is that they're, they are not going to play down to their opponent. No. And, and I don't think the giants are, are like schlubs, you know, by any means, I, I think that they've shown that they can grit out some wins obviously, and they're going to grit out games and try to keep them close. Um, but man, dude, I mean, we've just been talking and I think Philly's just getting better every week. Um, yeah. you come out, you come out and you put up a dominant win against the Titans. Maybe they relax a little bit here against the Giants, but I just don't see, um, like you mentioned, Danny Dimes is throwing the ball to who like yes. Philly defense can sell out on, uh, against Saquon. I, I think that they're going to have a rough outing. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, they, like I said, they play up because it's a division game, but Jalen Hurts is going to have his way with their defense because as decent as their defense has played, been pretty middle of the road this year, um, he shouldn't have any problem um, scoring points, whether it be on the ground with his feet or in the air, or maybe they just go with Miles Sanders and uh, and their running game uh, all, all day. Um, I don't think the Giants cover here. I'm taking the Eagles okay. 28, Giants 17. 28-17, so, so somewhat close, not a blowout by any means. But right. you, yeah, you think you're probably going to be right. I don't know why I always uh, want to think these games are going to be closer than they are. Maybe just because it's the I NFL mean, dude, and it's parody. The Commanders beat the Eagles, so, I mean. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> anything can happen. Anything can happen. Especially in this division. Um, this rivalry dates back to 1933, so these teams got a lot of history. Um uh, something I saw an interesting um, plot twist on this game is that uh, Brian Dable was the Kansas City Chiefs offensive uh, coordinator uh, in 2012. Okay, so this goes back a while, and during 2012, he decided to give a young man named Nick Sirianni his first job in the NFL. He oh, hired wow. Nick Sirianni as his wide receivers coach. So these huh. guys go back. Um, the Chiefs weren't good back then. This is long before, obviously the the dynasty they've been the past few years with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but kind of cool that these coaches have some history. And uh, these are two coaches who certainly have exceeded expectations. Um, Sirianni taken over last year, took the Eagles to a playoff. Nobody thought they would do. And as the giants sit here currently in the playoffs, as you know, we're only a few weeks out of Christmas. Nobody thought that either of these guys would do such a good job so fast. So this should, this should be fun. This uh, th- I think uh, this is a good old fast, good old fashioned NFC East uh, clash we got on our hands. Heck yeah, man! That's uh, that's an awesome little stat. I definitely didn't know that. So that makes me wonder who uh, who wins the pregame uh, rock paper scissors tournament? Brian Ooh, Dable or Nick Sirianni? <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna say I got Sirianni minus two hundred because he's he's a veteran of the sport. Clearly, he does he does this a lot. So I think you know he he may have a few a few tricks up his sleeve. Um, I'm not sure exactly what those are. I heard you're supposed to throw paper early, but I mean, Coach Sirianni would be the go to on that. But we definitely need to be watching um, the pregame interaction between these two. <laughs> All right, let's finish up our week 14 preview, guys. We got um, not as much content this week because there's only two games in the division. Of course, with the Eagles and Giants matching up, the Commanders on a bye week, we go to the Dallas Cowboys who have the Houston Texans coming to town. The one, Texas. <laughs> this is the battle for Texas. The 1-10-1 Houston Texans will search for that elusive second win. 
as they welcome Davis Mills back to the starting lineup. Uh, my Redskins fans out there will be familiar. They had Kyle Allen uh, inserted as the starting quarterback the past few weeks. Don't think that was ever going to be the answer. I'm not sure why they ever went away from Davis Mills. I think they've probably all but decided he's not the future. So I would look for Houston to draft uh, maybe a Bryce Young out of Alabama, a CJ Stroud out of Ohio State um, at the top of the draft this year. But right now they're stuck with Davis Mills. And uh, he's stuck with Brandon Cooks, a disgruntled wide receiver. And other than Dame... Might be out. He might be out. Okay, so a, a, a not healthy Brandon Cooks. He'll probably probably sit out because you know, we know he doesn't want to be there. Uh, Damian Pierce, we've talked about, the ferocious rookie runner out of the uh, University of Florida. One of the few bright spots on their team. Uh, this is a ridiculous line. It, it might be up to 17, 17 and a half now. It was 16 and a half, then 17. Uh, that, that's a college spread, guys. Um, that, that's, like, that's like when um, the U- University of Florida plays like, USF or something, you know, it's, 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 it's a, t- a huge, um, talent difference on these teams. I think the only way the Cowboys cover that spread though, is if we get up early, a 21 to three lead 27 to 10, maybe in the late third quarter. And, uh, we see some Cooper rush action. Um, we see Malik Davis, our third, um, uh, third string running back get in there. CD lamb gets pulled. Of course, I, I I do think the Cowboys win the game, obviously, and I'll say pretty easily. I think that uh, by the end of the first quarter, we'll have a double-digit lead. Maintain that because I think the defense is is due for another couple turnovers. We've been, we've been uh, so successful at turning the ball over this year. I'll say though, uh, the Texans cover, so I'll, I'll say Cowboys thirty-three, Texans nineteen. That would still be a cover, right? 20, 20? Yep. Yeah, that's a cover. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I mean, it's funny just uh, because not not too long ago we were saying that this Texas team was like the best, you know, one and whatever team, yeah, uh, that we had seen in a while. And there is respectable parts about the Texans, but you're right. I think the Cowboys have just gotten more and more encouraged. I think they're they're getting hot at the right time leading into the playoffs. Yes. And this is just another week where I mean, it's like you're teeing up against an opponent that you should beat they should be able to kind of assert their will, man. They should have another big game. Um, they should have a dominant victory, and they should be able to do some fun stuff on offense that kind of gets them in a rhythm looking forward to the playoffs, right? Um, and then defensively, um, it, this is another matchup where, you know, guys like Micah Parsons and um, are going to be licking their chops, right? Yeah. Because this is, this is a game where you should get to tee off on – uh, Davis Mills, and you know you really don't have you don't have too much concern for Damian Pierce. I think the you know defensive scheme can sell out against him mm-hmm. because, like you said, where's Davis Mills going with the ball? Right. So, um, yeah, I mean your Cowboys. This is this is definitely um scheduling advantage that we've talked about kind of yeah. through, sporadically throughout the season. But you know, good teams, as we mentioned earlier, like against the Colts, good teams take advantage when they've got bad teams. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch, um, or at least to see. Maybe not to watch, but to see what the score ends up being. Yeah, um, I'm barely taking the Texans to cover, like half a point right now, barely. Um, okay. So I got Cowboys 31, Texans 14. But again, 31, like, 14. That's a Sunday dominant. That's a dominant win. What's that's, that's dominant what's crazy? Win. 
a dominant win, but yet they would still cover the spread. So I don't right. know for my better my betters out there. I'm not the best gambler. I end up losing more than I win, unfortunately, and um, I've got some debts to pay off. But I I would. I would go Texans plus the points just because it's the National Football League. These are paid professionals, and I think that they can lose by less than 17. Yeah. I mean, I, for a, for the Texans' sake, I would hope so. For C.J. Stroud's sake or for uh, Bryce right. Young's sake, I hope uh, that the Texans can be respectable enough because, yeah. For fantasy purposes, though, guys, um, some of you may already be in the fantasy playoffs. If not, it's getting close, and um, you could be fighting for a spot. Clearly, it goes without saying, play your Cowboys, get Dak in your lineup, both running backs. Tony Pollard's probably an RB2. Zeke is a strong flex, if not an RB2. C.D. Lamb is playing like a wide receiver one. Uh, the Cowboys defense, I mean, this game this game is just begging for a defensive touchdown. Play all Cowboys, and other than Damian Pierce, I would fade all Texans. And uh, in more of a reality standpoint, I think this this game is coming at a good time because, like you said, maybe we can sell out for Damian Pierce, load the box, and force Davis Mills to beat us. And then my young cornerbacks, as I said, Kelvin Joseph and Jerron Bland, get a taste of one-on-one with um, yeah. lesser competition, but you know, still NFL wide receivers and throw, yeah. them, throw them right to the fire. Yeah, no, I think that would be good for them. I mean, Nico Collins isn't a, sl- isn't a slouch. Right. Um, but he's he's obviously not a household name at this point. But there was a lot of people that were uh, that were looking forward to him this year um, for the Texans. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, it should be a good test then for Bland. Yeah. So so Cowboys should roll here if if this is anything but a double digit uh, win for uh, the Cowboys. I'd say uh, it's it's a little concerning because uh, yeah. we talked about the Eagles do not play down to their competition. So Dallas Cowboys, you know, do the same. Be be that caliber of football team. For sure. That's a good point. Uh, disappointing news tonight, guys. I'm very sorry. Jay Luds is on the way to, I believe it's Crayola land, something in Orlando, or <laughs> it's a interactive family experience. Luds is, Luds is a family man. He's taking his, his son and his daughter along with the wife, and I believe the in-laws out there for a nice, nice holiday weekend. Um, so he wasn't even able to call in, but he did get his computer fixed. He's not sick anymore, so we expect him back in studio to, to end the year strong these past, uh, these next few weeks. Uh, but he did send me his picks, so let me share them with you guys. Uh, we'll start right where we left off. Jay Luds is swallowing. Jay Luds has the Cowboys <laughs> <laughs> minus 16.5 is when he bet the game. Um, I sent him the spreads this morning. It was 16.5. So Luds has Dallas oh, okay. minus 16.5. Dang, he's, he's taking. Sw- taking it. He's swallowing with the Eagles. Eagles minus 7. So he's with John on that one, which is probably the right side to be. Um, and his upset parlay, he's going to go a little bit homer here. He's got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus three and a half. Now, as I said earlier, that's not a bad pick because Jimmy Garoppolo is out. So Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the NFL draft out of Iowa State, Brock Purdy. Wow. Brock Purdy will be starting his first game for San Francisco. Shows you how good the Niners are, that they're actually still favored over a team yeah. that you know just won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And uh, Jay Luds likes the Ravens plus two and a half on the road going to Pittsburgh. This is an interesting game because much like um, the Niners, the Ravens also suffered a injury to their starting quarterback. Lamar Jackson's injury is not season ending. He'll be back. It's a, it's a knee sprain. But Tyler Huntley, who I think is not nearly as good as Lamar, but pretty comparable. He's serviceable. In their, 
Yeah, and their skill set. So the Ravens are an underdog, though. They've um, I saw a stat on this game, Luds, if you're listening. The Steelers have won the past four in a row against Baltimore. So that's a big Damn. rivalry in the AFC North. Um, but the rookie, Kenny Pickett, has his Steelers team as a favorite. But Luds likes Baltimore as the road dogs to cover. And he likes his hometown Tampa Bay Buccaneers to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. I'm not mad at, at either of those. Um, a little bonus nugget for you guys if you're interested in uh, another bet. I noticed the Minnesota Vikings are an underdog to the Detroit Lions this week. Wow. Now the Lions, the Lions have been playing great. The yeah. game is in Detroit, okay, but I don't think as of Ford Field as as some you know huge home field advantage by any means. Right. I mean, guys, all, although the Cowboys embarrassed them, the Vikings are ten and two. So if I get a ten and two team as an underdog against a five and seven team. I'm going with the, I'm not I'm not even taking the points. I'm going money line. Pound the Minnesota Vikings money line. I think they get the job done this weekend. Gosh, they should. I mean, that seems they like should. a lopsided matchup there. And for what did you say the line was? Uh Detroit minus two. Poof. Right? Well, yeah. So I guess I mean typically the NFL or Vegas, I should say, gives what, three points for a home field yeah. advantage. So I mean it's yeah, like you said, money line. They're saying like Minnesota's barely a better team. Yeah. That's, that's just not the case. And, um, shout out to Detroit. They're coming off. They put a 40-burger on Jacksonville last week. Yeah. Jared Goff's playing better. DeAndre Swift is finally healthy, so they get the two-headed monster with him and Jamal Williams. So I think Detroit is is a team that the Commanders and the Giants are going to have to deal with as they try to um, get in the playoffs. Um, Detroit's getting hot at the right yeah. time, much much like the Commanders. But still, it's Detroit and it's Minnesota. Um <laughs> And this game's at one o'clock, so I expect Kirk, Kirk Cousins, fine. yeah, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Jay Jed is uh, Justin Jefferson. I think role in this game. So he's so good. He's the best. He's the best man. I, I love watching that kid. I cannot believe and like nothing against the Eagles. You guys are great, but you took Jalen Rager over Justin freaking Jefferson. Imagine if they had. Ju- they probably would have never traded for AJ Brown. So it'd be a whole different yeah. story. But but. Still, you guys could have had him, but clearly the, the Eagles are the Vikings doing... front office. That's one of my favorite clips. Just literally laughing, laughing yes. their way to the to the uh, mm. Jay Jetta pick. That may have been the most even trade of all time when they traded Stefan Diggs to Buffalo and got the draft pick, which gave them Justin Jefferson. Both teams yeah. win, and that could be a possible Super Bowl matchup. But I know he- here on the NFC East feast, we th- we think that we uh, our division may be represented um, as as the uh, the big game comes around in February. Let's go, man! I hope well, so, dude. I think it would be. It's going to be like we said. It's going to be an awesome end to the season for the NFC East. But then, yeah. It's there's going to be playoff teams, obviously, at least teams. one or two, I think. Yes. And man, if it's multiple, um, if it's all four, even better. I think it's got to be. Uh, the, this is the third year of the podcast. The first year we did it, only the commanders um, at that time, the football team made it last year. Two teams made it, the Cowboys and the Eagles. I don't think it's too bold to say at least three teams are going to make it. And we're going to have a loaded wild card weekend special. I can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. Um, I, can't wait for the eventual return of, of George Van Riper, everyone's favorite Eagles hater, and our boy Jay Luds. But, John, in the meantime, I appreciate you always holding it down. We love all of you listening, and we love who let the dogs out? NFC East. Peace.